Well, it's not hard, Brimsley, to go, well, he has beautiful brown hair cut short uh, with a nice set of teeth <laughs> and a beautiful smile and brown eyes. And, and he's you know, cute. Like, yeah, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't hard, Brinsley, to say, he's handsome as hell. You'll, you'll be very happy. Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. I'm Seth. And today, of course, we bring you our, well, the first part in our Queen Charlotte breakdown deep dive discussion, because we all knew this was coming, of course. I mean, we didn't really say anything online, I feel like, but... No, we actually didn't. This is kind of like yeah. a surprise, I guess. Well, beca- <laughs> well because, because I don't know about you, but I've, like, I've remained quite distant from this show for the most part no i agree that's the same thing with me too like there was you know i like i knew i was gonna watch it but i wasn't like into like invested in the promotion or whatnot like i haven't been checking the bridgerton account on twitter or anything for ever (laughs) no ever since bridgerton season two basically so so yeah so maybe that's why like we just we weren't really hyping this discussion but it it was always gonna happen of course even like amongst us like I feel like all we did was really watch the trailer and saw the posters I don't think I've even watched the trailer I've seen the teaser that came before the trailer but I don't think I ever actually sat down and watched the trailer yeah Oh, well, okay, then I guess you did less than I did, because I watched the trailer, and I was like, okay, what day is it coming out? Okay, May 4th, I'm ready for it. Um, But other than that, like you said, I didn't really watch any promotional, like, interviews or, like, anything to hype me up about it. It was more so, like, it wasn't that because I wasn't excited about it, it was more Mm -hmm. so that I was just like, this is a new territory in the Bridgerton, Julia Quinn world, so I'm like... We'll see what happens. Yeah, I yes, that. And I also think part of it might have been, at least on, on my end, of just not, like, still remaining unsure why this show exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm not opposed to it, obviously, but there was always that, like, question in my mind of just, like... Why? <laughs> why did they choose to do this, you know, like, with... There's so many characters that were introduced to in the series, characters that some of them exist in the books, some of them don't. Um, and obviously there are so many all like spin-off series within the actual like existing series as it right. is that I was like, interesting choice. And were your questions answered with this show? Like, did you find that? We'll get into that when we get into our thoughts. Um, okay. Do we do... No, we don't do a summary, do we, usually? Because you do the little, like, summary at the beginning of each episode. So, okay. Did you do it by episode? You better have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I watched it by... Yeah, yeah. I did my notes per episode. But I think we should just give, like, a general... Yeah, okay. So, general thoughts. You start. Oh, we're doing general thoughts or general synopsis first? Oh. Or do you want to just... Okay, you know what? We'll just do... um, Yeah, just thoughts. Summarize each episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I loved it. 
I thought it was really great. It had me crying, had me feeling all the emotions. Um, there's some certain things that I found a little, like, you know, a little too much, but we'll get into mm-hmm. it as we see it and as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was a really good show. And we had these matriarchs, like these strong women that we've seen in Bridgerton season one and two, where now they're at the forefront and we're seeing them as women first. Mm. And I feel like Violet has always been relegated as like the mother figure. And now Mm. we actually kind of see her as a woman. Her garden's in bloom. (laughs) (laughs) And all of it. And I just like, I felt like it was just a really strong women-focused story. And I feel like Bridgerton's always about that, but I feel like I really felt it in this one. Mm. How did you feel about the actors? And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just like, how do you feel about like the people portraying all the roles here? I loved them. I thought they were all like they really fit the role. Even um, so, the main character is um, young Charlotte and older Charlotte, and I think yeah. young Charlotte really emulated the resemblance is uncanny. Like, and how? the mannerisms and the way that she carried herself was so much like Golda. Yes, but like they could have picked, like found some amazing actress that, like you know, like doesn't totally yeah. look like her, but they look identical. Does. They look like actual siblings or like mother daughter. I don't know, but I like yeah. that is mind blowing to me. And and for her to actually happen to be an actress as well and a great actress at that that actually can embody this role. Like I was yes. like, what is like what? Who is casting? Who who is the director of casting in Netflix, Bridgerton? Because like you did an amazing job. I mean, you always do. You know, you know it. But like, one- <laughs> no, I'm sure the casting director must be like smiling with glee right now because. Everyone is obsessed with the casting. I think they did such a good job. And, like, even um, Lady Danbury, like, Agatha, young Agatha, was so, like, similar. And she, like, they really studied their role and, like, did such a good job. And even, like, I'm not, like, this, like, you know, disregarding the men. I feel like young George was also really great. He's such a good actor. He deserves an award. They all do. They're all so great. Young Brimsley, loved him. We got introduced to Reynolds, loved him. I feel like everyone really played their role really well. You? What are your thoughts? Wait, I feel like you weren't finished with your thoughts, though, before I cut you off. I don't want to, like, get too spoilery, but just, like, that I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I this might be a bit controversial. Ooh. So hold your, hold your, uh, hold I'm your hair. I'm my unexisting hat. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it better than season one and two of Bridgerton. What? Yeah. Well, that is controversial. I know. Not that it's a comparison, Mm-hmm. But I just feel like if I were, like, if I was forced to choose, I felt like, I think because it could have been, like, the story was more, like, higher angst and, like, the stakes were higher. Mm. Um, and we only had six episodes, so everything felt more intense. Maybe that could be the reason why I liked it better. But I don't know. I just thought that it did a really good job with the story. And I think it's going to be really hard to top it with season three of Bridgerton. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have a total different opinion than me. I kind of do. Okay. Um, let's hear it. Well, I liked it. I I liked it. Okay. Okay. And there were there were moments that were quite powerful and and from a distance I really appreciate the stories that were being told and the way mm-hmm. that they were being told um and uh, like you said like I really loved seeing all three of these powerful women at a completely different phase of their life while also seeing them, you know, in the in the now, quote unquote yeah. now. But I don't know why I never, I never quite connected 
Really? Like, um, uh, emotionally. But that's not entirely true because, like I said, there were powerful moments, like, emotional powerful moments where I did connect. But it was like that connection was, like, losing me in other parts. You know what I mean? Like, I was kind of finding myself, like, not totally invested as much as I wanted to be you know what I mean okay um I don't know why maybe it's the back and forth between past present maybe it is the question of still just kind of wondering like why focus a a series on um on the queen which like I kind of often found myself more invested in the parts about Lady Danbury Really? Personally, yeah, I was kind of kind of connecting to that storyline more emotionally or sort of like understanding it and like rooting for it in, in a way than right. the queen. Because I think something in the story of the queen and the, the king, uh, Charlotte and George, I don't know why I'm calling them the queen and, the queen and king. <laughs> I think something was missing or I mean, obviously, this was six episodes. Uh, which I didn't know until literally until the moment I clicked on Netflix to like watch the first episode and I was like, oh, yeah. this is just six episodes. This is how clueless I was going into the show. <laughs> um, I don't know. Something about their connection worked in some places and then didn't. And I think um, it's nothing on the actors. I think it might have been a writing issue in parts, a directing issue in other parts. I found that the, um, like, technically speaking, like, the the way that the, the, the episodes are sort of, like, composed, like, going from one scene to the next, wasn't as seamless as it is in Bridgerton to me. Really? Like, okay. I don't know if this was a different team, because it is, uh, I think his name is Tom Verica or something like that. The, yeah. The director for at yeah. least most of the, the episodes. I don't, I didn't check if it was, like, all the episodes. So, it's the same person. Um, I'm guessing it's probably a different editing team or whatnot. I don't know how this these things work, but um, it, something about it felt different. Like some the way that they were moving through the story didn't feel as organic and smooth as it is in the other show for me. Like okay, which I think contributed to me not totally being able to like fall into it, which is kind of like what Bridgerton does for me. It's kind of like it really sucks you into and like emerges you into a completely different world where Mm -hmm. for like eight hours, you kind of forget the real world outside. You know, you're just like fully immersed in the world of the ton and, you know, beautiful dresses and gorgeous landscapes and blah, blah, blah. There was something missing here for me. And like I said, I I don't think it's it's a character issue, uh, or on the part of the actors. I think it's like more in the the technical aspect of like the show itself. Um, yeah, but I liked it overall. And like I said, okay. there, there were moments that really did um, pull me in emotionally, and like you right. know, I felt them. Yeah. So. Oh, 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 and I also wanted to say, which this is me, like, totally skipping to, like, the final episode. The, hey, the, like, you can't end. do this. Well, no, because I just want to say one thing I was thinking about, in, in, you know, about this show going into it was Bridgerton is, 
well, at least I should say first, like for me, it's not what you said. You know, you said like this beats Bridgerton for you. This does yeah. not beat Bridgerton for me. And I think p- what I realized watching this is that the reason why I love Bridgerton so much is the family aspect. I don't yeah. think it's oh, ever yeah, yeah. been the stories. I think it's been it was always the family and the bonds that is shared between the, the all the members of the family. And I think watching this it made me realize how much I miss that you know like it's not here the bonds aren't as strong the relationships between people are a little bit messier a little bit more complicated which totally explains why you would love this more Uh, but for me my heart is is in those like familial bonds of the Bridgerton family so I I think what I'm talking about when I'm comparing and if I like Queen Charlotte more than Bridgerton I think I'm looking more so at like the romantic aspect and not so like the family of Bridgerton because I love the family and I feel like yeah I was missing them here because I feel like we don't really have a family to root for in this one but I do um think the and like my perspective I think the romance Mm -hmm. was a lot stronger in this one than it was in season one and two of Bridgerton just the way that it was handled I think Okay, well, fair enough. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to say before I literally caught myself off with a different <laughs> point, which was not the, the original point. The original point was to say, the one thing I thought I was thinking about going into this show was Bridgerton as a series is a romance series. And yeah. when Shondaland took over that story, they knew it was romance and they knew the rules of romance. And so they know they have to abide by a certain set of rules. Yes, that are the conventions of romance, a.k.a. giving everyone a happy ending. So the one thing I was thinking about was this is a spinoff. And not only is is it a spinoff, it's a spinoff that doesn't exist in the main, like, the the actual book series. So I was thinking they can do whatever they want with this. So I had that worry of, like, this is the one time there are, it's like their opportunity to take it and, like, not abide by the rules. Right. And it's Shauna Land, which we yeah. all know she loves heartbreak and like she loves the drama. Shit up. Yes. So I was like, are they gonna go for like total heartbreak, no happy ever happy ever well, happy endings, none of that, you know? Like, because they could have. They could have. Um so what I wanted to say <laughs> was I really appreciated that they didn't. And like, of course, this happy ending is somewhat temporary and very shaky in its nature just because you know of circumstances but I really appreciated that they gave us that nonetheless that they they yeah they stuck to romance and the conventions of romance nonetheless um and I, I mean I would even say like Lady Denbury's story is a happy ending in my in my book you know like really she got well yeah because like, it doesn't mean you have to end up with someone you know like she got what she wanted she advocated for herself and her wants and her desires and she got them so to me that even fits yeah but I don't want to get into it yet we'll talk about it later okay. as we as we as we uncover her story okay well anyways um so so yeah I just wanted to point that out because I thought I that was like worthy of being mentioned because it's it's important I I really appreciate them for doing that because they could have not done that all right are we ready to or unless you have something else you want to say no no no. I mean we'll talk about it as we go on I don't think I have anything that I need to mention right now okay I I do want to mention actually (laughs) listeners we will never start the discussion by the way (laughs) I mean, it's not a Romancing the Monsters episode unless we go on and on for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm just trying to fill time here. No, I'm not. 
No, what I want to say is um, usually with these episodes, I, well, Bridgerton anyway, I'm, I have the time to watch it twice, um, which means my notes are usually much more detailed because the second viewing is dedicated to picking up on everything that I missed the first time around, which usually right. is, is a lot. Um, so I didn't get the, t- the chance to do that this time around. So apologies for that. If there are little details that I'm missing out on or that I didn't like totally understand or whatnot. I mean, I'm hoping Seth will help me out. I only watched it once. Yeah. But you know, you have a better brain than mine. So. Okay. Um, that, that's, uh, this <laughs> master is over here. Sure. Oh, shut up. Um, so fair warning okay my that's it may i may not be as detailed as i usually am i'm sorry about that uh time constraints and all that so okay anywho i'm gonna be like so on brand right now and i have one more thing to mention (laughs) please do okay so golda who plays the queen um present day bridgerton queen it just hit me that she's a guyanese woman and i'm obsessed with that and i think that's amazing that like she's playing the Queen of England, the yeah. country that colonized her own country. So I thought that yeah. was a real power move. And I was like kind of emotional about it because I am Guyanese and I just loved seeing that and seeing her in that role. It was great. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, all right. Episode one. Does anybody in the audience have anything to add <laughs> before we actually begin? And the ghost see. that be... We see a hand raise in the distance, and it is S. No, I'm kidding. Oh, right. S is not here, but we should, we should actually just briefly say S is obviously not here. She's not been silent this whole time. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't join us, um, but I'm sure she'll be watching the show eventually. Um, and so if she has any thoughts, maybe she can share them with us in a future episode at some point. She's currently Ooh. shouting into the void. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's here. We just don't allow her to speak. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's not here. She's not here. Um, she'll be here <laughs> next episode. Well, not next episode, because next episode will be part two. But, you know, future uh, Future episodes. Episode, probably. Yeah. Well, not probably. Certainly. What am I saying? Well, okay, this is awful. <laughs> she will be here, guys. I promise. Just not for these two episodes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Episode one, Queen TV. I just got to say it quick, because <laughs> I will just, like, say something else. Episode one, Queen to be. What happens in this first episode of the whole okay, series? Okay, so we start off with kind of like an instrumental, I guess, entrance. And it's just like we're seeing Queen. She's not Queen yet. She's just Charlotte in Germany. And she is um, she's promised to be married to the King of England. So um, we end up with her. Gosh, I watched this so long ago. We end up <laughs> with her... Um, just making our way to England and then we see the credits and which I can I say the music was really great in the credits I loved it yes I, I do love the the credit the, the opening credit thing yeah better than the Bridgerton one I would say yeah um so this episode is mainly in the past is um basically Queen Charlotte she's not queen yet. I don't know why I keep calling her Queen Charlotte I mean she is in our hearts she was a queen from birth in our hearts and in our minds and our soul she's queen <laughs> anyways so she is being basically inspected like you know an animal to uh see if she's appropriate to be wed to the king yeah um and of course she's doing the whole thing that we, we've seen with Marina in season one of Bridgerton where like they ex- inspect right. her teeth her hips her complexion they're asking if her moves can be like not her moves her moles can be removed (laughs) shut up (laughs) the canadian jumped out for a second there 
Do you have good moose? <laughs> How are you moose on this fine Tuesday? Can you stop? And uh, basically, we come to the conclusion. Can, can you stop? Be mature for a second. Marjorie. <laughs> I will get myself under control. I will. No more um, Anyways, so she's being inspected and um, by the king's mother named... She's Augusta, right? Princess Augusta? Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, that so basically bitch. it is concluded that she will make lots and lots of babies because she's got good hips. Um, and then mm-hmm. it continues on with, like, the preparations for the wedding. And then we see all of that. Um, and also the wedding happens and all that stuff. I'm just, like, really jumping in so we can talk about it. Um, but during that all, we also get a... Um, we see where the queen's at in present-day Bridgerton. And we see... Um, her granddaughter has passed away. Her only legitimate heir to the throne has passed away. And now mm-hmm. she's, like, on this, I guess, rat race to get her kids married and have legitimate heirs. Because they have, what, over, like, 40 Ill- illegitimate children? Something crazy like that, yeah. Uh, this Can I just say this show had me Googling like crazy? Because I was like, I know, like, part of this is true. You know, yeah. well, quote-unquote true. I don't know. Based off of... Because, like, you know, Queen Charlotte was was real, and she truly married a George. And I was like, and they truly had a whole bunch of kids. So, like, I was Googling, like, did did their sons, like, actually, like, have... And, like, I wasn't finding a whole lot of answers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. But anyways, um, that all happens, and she's prepped to get married. She has a wedding dress made from Paris, and she wants to wear that. But she was told she needs to be more traditional, and then... Anyways, so basically this episode is, like, the episode of firsts in the sense where we get first meetings. Um, yeah, it's an introduction. Her first exposure to England and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned you mentioned it, uh, the whole parallel scene with season one of the whole looking up or looking, checking out the merchandise, if you will. The fact that they made her open her mouth to see her teeth. Ugh. Yeah. I thought about you in that scene because I, I, like, vividly remember your disdain and hatred for that scene in season one, rightfully so, obviously. I know that it's a thing, and I know yeah. that currently could be a thing in other countries in the world right now, but it's just, like, it just irks me to see it, and it's just... Well, because it's always women of color, too. Exactly. Like, it, we understand that it's a thing... But it's just a weird coincidence, and it just has that, like, extra layer to it. The fact that the t- the two times that it happens in this world, it's always women of color being yeah. eyed by white people. Yeah. So, and also, we that. should say that this is um, the marriage that started the whole, um, I guess, movement of people of color in the Bridgerton world and how they have, like, titles and things like that. So this was called The Great Experiment. Yeah, I hated that. The, that that whole terminology hated it like is this a zoo like what, what i understand what? i guess they had to find a way to explain the introduction of race i guess in like british like england of the 1700s or whatever um but i mean it happened we see it well that was one of my questions actually it's my first point that i wanted to bring up because Obviously, in season one, Bridgerton were introduced to um, the whole concept of this is a society united, everyone's equal, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And 
that was quite a contentious issue when season one first came out because people are like, that's unrealistic. Are you really going to tell me that love saved the day and blah, 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 and that, you know, one couple could change it at all and blah, blah, blah. Some people were really for it. Some people were really against it in that season. And obviously this is that story. Like we are now t telling that very story. Yeah. Uh, and so I was wondering, how do you feel, at least in this first ep episode, like introduction, how did you feel about the way that they were going about reforming the whole British monarchy and having both sides united, as they say? Like, like an us versus them, basically, yeah. Yeah, like the whole, like basically how it's set up and the plan that it, and like the whole great experiment thing. Like, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I remember going into Bridgerton season one, they said it was going to be a colorblind casting which, I mean, I guess in this show they had to find a way to explain, but I feel like if they didn't have that, they wouldn't have a story, I don't think, for this season. Like, I like the whole, like, great experiment and, like, them emphasizing us versus them, like, colored versus white people, um, it's very much, like, at the forefront of the show, and mm. she's been, like, called too brown. She's been called, like, you know, like, you know, tame, like, your hair a bit or wear other wigs or whatever. Um, it was, like, a main plot point, and I don't know how I really feel about it but I like the 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 image they portrayed with her I feel like she was like a constant like she she's a constant pushback which I thought was really important and I love that she had her natural hair at the wedding I love that she was just mm. herself and nothing no matter how the whole the, show the whole show the whole she show. had her natural hair yeah, yeah and I loved that I thought that was such an important point to make and such an important like like, it was such an important visual, I think. And, like, having her constantly, like, push the queen, but not the queen, what's her name? Prince, Princess Augusta back into, like, her spot. I loved that. And I, the great experiment really, like, it was jarring, yeah, but I feel like they handled it in a way that I think made it appropriate, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like, I guess it made it okay for Bridgerton, you know? Like, for season one of Bridgerton. Like, it, it did what it had to do, and I feel like it did highlight the importance of incorporating color into this very white world yeah i guess um yes but i wish there had been more emphasis on intention in the sense of like especially from the king's perspective it it just felt to me like a lot of the work was being put in by the women and specifically the women of color here yeah. like it was their job to find that's, a way yeah. that's um yeah. and i wish i wish the story had revolved more around i understand why it can't because obviously our king is has stuff to deal with um but i wish it had started more from from an intent like his own desire to, to yeah. change to see change you know what i mean like it was always kind of like oh it happened you know that scene where they have the ball and he's like oh we made more progress in this one moment than we did in the past 200 years or something like that and i'm like but still that wasn't your um what's You're the word right. i'm looking for it was it wasn't his what's the word i'm looking for like his actions his 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 like it wasn't like um a desire or like a dream for him to have a world united 
Yeah, like, you didn't really help, and you didn't no. really want this. It just happened, and once, like, he didn't choose her. No, you know the I mean? only like, reason she was selected was because she would not have heard the rumors of the Mad King. Yeah, and she was the basically. only one kind of willing, you know, which not she wasn't willing. willing. I think it was more so, <laughs> I think that Princess Augusta actually did mention, like, she was selected from a faraway land. Like, she mm-hmm. won't know anything about the king. So, and she wouldn't ask questions because she would just be grateful to be there, basically. Yeah, so her presence is in his life isn't a choice he willingly made in that sense. Like, he didn't see her and fall in love with her and think, I want to change the world for her type thing, you know what I mean? It was kind of just like it happened and things yeah. were kind of just happening around him. And he was like, yeah, I'm cool with it. But it's like, what? but the point is that just being cool with it is not enough, especially from your position as white and male and king of england like that is not enough you know what i mean like that to me remains an issue in the whole structure of this world because it's like it's hard to believe that there would truly be change which i guess at the end of this show it's still very shaky you know what i mean and so even then it's kind of like how did we go from this shakiness because everything's kind of left sort of like in question to Bridgerton season one, where things yeah. seem much more established and grounded and, you know, safe. At least, but like you, you said, know. it's the women doing the legwork. So yeah. Queen Charlotte at this point is ruling England True. on behalf True. of her king. So yeah. she had the power to make those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I feel like the king should have had more of an impact or maybe, like you said, just the initial... Like, I want Charlotte, and, like, that starts the, the like ball Like, actually rolling, striving for change. Yeah, I, mean? I agree. Because, yeah, like I said, it just, it remains an issue if the actions being taken are always only imposed on the shoulders of the people of color here. Yeah, and we constantly in the show see their fight. Like, even Lady Danbury, like, we see her constant fight of, like, yes. remaining a lady and, like, ensuring the s like estate for her son like all of that like we see her constant struggle and her constant fight and having to be like witty and and conniving in a sense to ensure the safety of her family um but also regarding that scene um so or the setup i guess i should say so basically my understanding is they didn't know she would be black correct that she would be I guess as brown as she was, I, I don't know. And then once they see her, they want to backtrack. Yeah. And then they're like, and then I believe it's it's Princess Augusta or whatever her name is, who, is like, well, like there was something about that setup that was very confusing to me because it was like we're backing out, but like we'll look weak if we do. So like I guess we'll say yes, and then I guess we'll change everything in society just to save face and i was like there's a there's an irony in that of like royals wanting to save face and doing the wildest craziest shit just to not appear like you know they messed up which like technically they didn't mess up they did a great thing you know unknowingly but like you know what i mean like it was kind of like no they're they're exact words so parliament basically i don't know which guy it was like the annoying one they're all annoying but he's like you did not say she was brown 
So, like, obviously colorism is so strong here. Like, I don't yeah. know if it was that she, you didn't say she was this brown or, yeah. like, she was brown-skinned at all. Like, I don't I don't know what the intent was behind that. I think, obviously, to, like, show that they're very ignorant and they're not wanting change. But now, like you said, it's thrust upon them. They have to do it or else they'll look weak in front of the people. I don't know. I just feel like the show really hit on, like, points in society that, like, you don't really get to see portrayed on the screen. Which color is it being a big one? Can I just say the gasp that I gasped, Lady Danbury, when they oh. mentioned the Smythe Smiths? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because yeah. they're the other they're the other series, right? They're a spinoff series from from the original Bridgertons. Wait, did the, the, the Sp- Smythe Smiths come first or the Bridgerton? Now I can't. I think they came after, but yeah, but they're set before. Yeah, I think it's set before, but she wrote it after. Anyways, I love the Smite Smiths. I wish they had like actually been like they are. They are the series that I want. You know, if if they're gonna make a spinoff, really? I would love for them. Yes, because they're a chaotic family. Hmm. <laughs> I just I love well, and also it's cousins. It's not like siblings. At least from memory, it's it's okay. cousins. Um. Yeah, I just love that 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 series because um, I think it'd be hilarious. Like, it'd be very comical, more so probably than Bridgerton. Um, but yeah, Who I was knows? just very happy to see them mentioned here, and even like technically appeared in an episode, but like we didn't know who they were in the scenes. There's one scene where they're like, "Oh, this the Smythe Smiths are here." It's it's with Lady Denbury, and they're like, "Oh, the Smythe Smiths are here," but there was like a bunch of people in the room, so I like I was trying to figure out who is who are the Smythe Smiths here. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't figure it out, but yeah. Anyways, speaking of Lady Danbury, yeah, the jump scare. What jump scare? How'd you feel about her young Agatha introduction? It was I was scarred for life. Oh, the the sex scene is married to this like old ass man. Nothing again. Like I'm not ageist, but I just hate this man with a passion. Um, and it was just like it was like so like in your face, which obviously like we know that she's the she's not the exception. Like we know we always talk about like all these love stories being the exception to like the societal norm and like what happened back in the day, but she was not it, and she like was. In an awful situation, and it was just, like, for me, it was just a lot. <laughs> I have I have complicated feelings about that man because, I don't know, maybe there's something I missed. But my understanding is that he's not, he's not an awful man. He's a man of his time. Meaning that he is a husband... And the man of the household, and he thinks about himself first and his himself only. Yeah. And his wife is his, and that's that. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't necessarily see him with like a oh I hate that guy. It's more like, well that's the real, you know, sad reality of probably a lot of women back then. Yeah, you know what I mean? For like sure. it's kind of just it was really uncomfortable, really unpleasant. Yeah. And uh, something you wanted to see end as fast as possible, you know? And they, it just kept coming, these scenes. And he... he kept... That man was real horny. <laughs> I don't know. You already had four kids. You had four children. There are more scenes with that man than the actual sex scenes between our leads. So that's one of my gripes. I felt like the show really highlighted um, Lady Danbury's dis- discomfort. I guess we needed to know how awful it was. But I think one scene was more than enough to see that. Yeah, And I felt like we kept often. having to see her, like 
I guess my trouble was looking at it with like a today's lens and like mm. with my feminist lens. Like it was really hard to remove that. And like, you know, we constantly had to see her displeasure. And I'm happy, like, spoiler, obviously, we saw her like actually enjoying sex yeah. for the first time, which I thought was great. Um, but I just felt like it really highlighted how awful her life was. But one scene was more than enough for that. And I just like when I say that I hate him with a passion, I just like hate how he diminished her accomplishments like he thought he did everything on his own and like you said that is very much the mentality of the men of that day she's his wife her accomplishments are his in his mind she is a product of him so basically that's how he sees it so when he dropped that i was was born of adam so (laughs) like and his, well but that's how he thinks right no, like of course, that's why of i'm course. saying like i have complicated feelings it's like yeah obviously today i'd be like fuck this guy but like like transporting myself in that time i like i just think he's just like every other man you know like mean like the heroes of bridgerton yeah are very unrealistic in no that regard, of course you know of I mean? course like, and that goes to like every historical romance that we've read or seen course. like they are yeah. very much like unrealistic and they are very much the exception to the rule like they are the the happily ever afters that obviously yeah. were more they're rare they're the fantasy they're, they're exactly the fantasy. they were a fantasy this guy is the reality <laughs> more so yeah but i mean at the same time i just feel like i did not need to see so many scenes i did not need I to agree. see this man take out his teeth yeah, oh yeah oh that was scarring like it was just another level like it they really went hard for that first scene which just like so was, to make it as so did he. appalling as possible <laughs> but i agree they didn't need to add in so many scenes after the fact yeah and i understand the story they're going for to tell with lady danbury like she is the one that like you know she did have the short end of the stick more or less and anyways i won't go into the details but yeah i will say that was really scarring yeah so moving on from that to the wedding yes so uh no well we... the first meeting well i mean well, the wedding is it's happening. the wedding yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. wedding yes. day wedding day um we get a wedding day in the first episode of this season love that for us um it's very much uh arranged marriage which of course i'm here for all day every day it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite tropes and it's been a while because i actually haven't been reading historical romance in a hot minute so i know so wedding day and uh our bride is fleeing the scene <laughs> she's very much against this wedding she does not want it she thinks he's a troll and a monster and does not. Yeah. Well, because she keeps asking questions exactly. and, like, nobody answers, which I'm not sure why they're gate- gatekeeping that whole, like, who the, like, they could have told, like, Brimsley, yeah. like, what was, he, what, why was he exactly. hiding things? Yeah, because Brimsley didn't really know the king. He didn't know what he was dealing well, with I mean, and what he, he was struggling with. Didn't he work for the king before he worked for her? Like, he must have worked in the... in the Yeah, but the... he was also trying to figure out what was going on as we were trying to figure out what was going on. Well, it's not hard, Brimsley, to go, well, he has beautiful brown hair cut short uh, with a nice set of teeth <laughs> and a beautiful smile and brown eyes and... And he's you cute! Know, like, yeah, like, it was it was a hard Brinsley to say he's handsome as hell. You'll you'll be very happy. Like, come on, anything. But I think like like Charlotte, I think we saw her struggle with like the 
the royal or I guess the the royal way or the British way or whatever like you know Brim, Brimsley five paces behind her like I think he had to keep that distance from her and so I can see why but you're right mate probably it just shows how his alliances change you know how at first he's not like he he's yeah like his, his alliances to the crown in that first episode but like as he gets to know the queen and he very much becomes you know I love Brimsley yeah we all need a Brimsley in our life yeah. don't we Anyway, sorry, as you're saying, she's fleeing the scene. She's fleeing the scene, attempting to climb a wall in a full gown, which props to that. So that was the um, the British wedding dress, right? That was the traditional right. one the, the princess wanted her to wear. Yes, and that was right. also the teaser that got me interested in the series in the first, first place. Yeah. Um, so our king uh, appears out of thin air. <laughs> As she's attempting to climb the wall and failing miserably. Um, and they meet. And, and it was a great scene. She's trying to climb over the wall. It was a great first meet. Yeah, it was a great meet cute. Yeah. She's climbing over the wall. And obviously she knows, like we already said, she knows nothing about him. She knows nothing about his appearance. She knows nothing. So she's literally asking this man she that she perceives as a guard to like help her over the wall because she cannot marry this troll. And then he's like, what makes you think he's a troll? <laughs> and then, like, they have this cute meeting. And then it's, like, it's a beautiful foot-in-the-mouth scene in the sense where, like, she's literally like, oh, my gosh. Like, you are my future husband. Yeah. Well, great. they have they have this great uh, witty, like, banter back and forth. Yeah. I do wish, now that I think about it, I actually hadn't, like, thought about this until just now. Um, I wish they had like had that more yeah it became serious really quickly you know what i mean like they have it there yeah they have it there they're like witty with each other they have like you know a quick back and forth and you feel the 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 sexual tension and potential between these two individuals like right off the bat but i do feel like you lose that between them right then and there basically almost like it just i was say you lose it i think it just alters like the way that it's dealt with like i feel like anyways like whenever like you see like them separate themselves from each other it becomes more like charged more like sexual whereas here i felt like it was more playful and like yes but it was like a compatibility of the minds that i yeah feel we lose a little bit after that i wish we had seen them spar with words i agree i think I think it got serious really quickly, and while, like, I appreciate the story and I loved their love story, I think you're right. Like, they needed to have more, like, playful moments. Yeah. Playful moments where they, they get to just be themselves, which, understandably, like, like you said, the circumstances are what they are, and that's not, like, something that's as easy for them uh, to achieve, uh, yeah. but, Yeah. I, just... I did really like when he, like, told her everything, like, not everything, but, like, little snippets about him and, yeah. like, you know, he's a farmer. And, like, I just love how he, he was just so charming. And he's I was just like, just George. He's just George. He's just George. And I loved it. And I love how, like, that's what, like, made her kind of, like, like 
go forward with this wedding. She's like, all right, I guess I can marry him. Because, yeah. like, in that moment, she needed to know that her husband was a person. Like, and he was very much human in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, as you said, she agrees. And she changes her dress to her actual wedding dress. The one that and she had made. It. it was so pretty. Yeah. Um, and then get married, and then um, they have the whole reception, and they seem so happy together. And you're like, "Wow, they're off to a great start." What's gonna the drama be gonna be? Soon. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, we're we gonna get a wedding night in this first episode." I was so here for it. I know, because <laughs> the tension's the tension's high. You know, after this like witty banter that they've got, you're like, "Wow, this is great." Um, and then this asshole. <laughs> He has his reasons, but at this point, we do not know them. This asshole literally drops her off at some castle somewhere, and he's like, see ya, gonna yeah. go live in my own house. Like, it's not separate chambers, it's separate houses. Houses. He's like, you live here, yeah. and I'll live, you know, like, she's gonna live in Buckingham Palace, he'll live in, like, the Q, whatever, Q Palace, Q House, whatever. And he literally is like, I am king. I am your king. And, like, he emphasizes it. And then she's like, all right, sorry, I thought you were just George, but I'm mistaken. And then it ends with her literally saying, I wish I went over the wall. And that's yeah. how the episode ends. Because in that moment, that playful prince is gone. I mean, a prince mm. king is gone. And, like, now he's the king again. And, like, it's just, it was sad. I felt so bad for her. Well, it's our first introdu introduction, new word, introduction to, <laughs> I wouldn't say, like, his shifty moods, but more, like, his nervous personality, I guess. Like, he, he's very, um, like, you can see it, like, peaks of it in that scene of there's something going on emotionally that he's not dealing with very well. But also there's that one moment where um, she's like... I don't know much, but um, again, I don't know the, the dialogue, yeah. but something like, I don't know much, but I know that I deserve a wedding night or I know that like we're supposed to have a wedding night. And he gets so angry at that. Like, and he, you can tell he feels very used and he's exactly, like, yeah. well, let's, let's get on with it then. Like, you know, yeah. um, and the way he like words it too, it's just like, it was very much like it was not a chore for him, but it's like, okay, that's what you want. And you'll, you'll get my body. And that's like basically it. And then she's like, no, not if it's like this. Like, she obviously, like, was told enough information or knew enough about what was going to happen or what should have happened that she knew that it was wrong off the bat. And, like, that's when their playful mood disappeared. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember but... at the time of this scene being very confused about that. Me too. Well, confused, yes, but also, like, it was, it was whiplash. Like, I was getting whiplash yeah. the way that she was getting whiplash because I was like, what is going on here like who who is this man i don't know yeah, this man <laughs> what, what happened what, what, like what's going on i initially thought like because not spoiler like it's not even a spoiler we know from season one and two like the king is struggling mentally and like we see that so i i i didn't think it was happening so soon like i thought it was something that happened gradually i didn't later know. I in life it was, like, right like yeah i thought it was like something i guess equivalent to like dementia or something like i just i didn't know well it is and, dementia, like, right or is it not? 
No, um, I was reading. So people thought it was um bipolar disorder. Oh. Um, that's what the history books thought, or there's something else. Um, I forgot the word of it, but it was something with a P. Um, Interesting. Okay. And so they didn't really obviously know what was going on because they had only history books to go. So off it of isn't to study something it. necessarily that um. Well, I don't know much about bipolar disorder. I'll, I'll admit that much. But it, so it, it's not something that necessarily means his life is shortened. No. Okay. So they say it's either um, bipolar disorder or acute porphyrias, a metabolic, a metabolic disorder that impacts the nervous system. Oh. So that's what it's either of those things. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's, uh, the other one I believe is like hallucinations and stuff. If 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 I remember correctly from what I've read, um, but por- yeah, por- so porphyria, whatever whatever that was. Acute porphyria, porphyrias, porphyrias. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the correct pronunciation. So I at this point and at the end of episode one, I thought he had a mistress or something. Like I didn't think it was oh. anything like to do with his mental state. I thought he was a virgin. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I thought I thought my man was a little nervous about the whole thing about performing okay, his duties, uh, and I was like, "Are they going for that?" <laughs> I mean, which to be fair, he did not strike me as a man who goes around a whole lot. Like they could have gone for the virgin route, and I would have been like, "Yeah." Do you think he was a virgin though? I don't think he was just because of their first sex scene. Like he he says something that kind of made me think he's got experience, but I was still doubting it. I was like, he's got virgin boy written all over his forehead. And like just the, like obviously like when we get flashbacks to his life, it wasn't an easy one. So that's what I'm saying. Was sex really at the forefront? I don't know. Unless they helped. I don't know. They used it maybe. But it is a man in the eighteen whatever hundreds and. I feel like men back then, it was like, you reach 14 years old and, like, they, they throw women at you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, you never know. Like, I just feel like he's lived... I think he was 20, right, when we first meet him? And she was 17 when she said, yeah, I'm she one and seven. I was like... I know. Whoa. We're going yeah. with that? Even in, yeah. even in the year 2023? I mean, I, I, I understand wanting to be historically accurate but i was like that was a brave move because you're basically showing or telling everybody that this is a 17 year old on screen being married and having sex but he was also young so i guess maybe they did it that way unless they had that age gap underage like you know like technically speaking you're you're watching a 17 year old is what they're saying historically we we, we know, know this. yes they got married yeah. real early 17 is even yeah it could be you know oh, yeah in like the mid yeah midpoint mm-hmm. um on the spectrum yeah anyways where are we going with this um i don't know you thought he was a virgin i we were questioning whether oh yeah, he you said he's 20 you, you, yes you, i think he's 20 oh do you want me to search it up like no actually? no no because no, you, you were saying he's 20 when i i interrupted you to say she's 17 yeah anyways uh where are we going with this anyway no, episode first Episode, episode first, first. <laughs> and <laughs> episode two honeymoon bliss honeymoon bliss do you want to start off with a little synopsis um yeah go ahead oh i don't want to do the synopsis i'm terrible at okay. synopsis. this is always your job fine um so it starts off with um the queen 
sorry, where is this? Okay, the queen in, I guess, present-day Bridgerton, um, she's with her kids, and um, we get the iconic line of, um, she's looking at her children, they're all sprawled out on the couch and on the, the lounge chairs, whatever, and she said, virgins to the left of me, horse to the right, and I was just like, <laughs> I love her. Like, she's exposing her children, and like, you know what, she just has iconic one-liners, and I... And then we talked about it before we started recording, and I loved her, like, the way her, she consoled her child when his, his daughter died. It was like, sorrows, sorrows, prayers, sorrows. <laughs> the most, like, annoyed face. Yeah, like, it was, yeah. yeah. She's great. Anyway, so she tells them, I think we already talked about it, but she tells them that they need to, like, get serious and, like, find wives and marry. Yeah. We need royal babies at all costs. <laughs> she, she, she has the equivalent of a breeding kink, but for everybody else. <laughs> exactly. And um, so we also hear um, Lady Whistledown as well. Like, we, like, she's talking about how this queen is on this race to get her children married off. And, like, she's successful with all these other people, but when it comes to her own children, she's not. So what's going on there? Um, and I think that kind of, like, brings our attention to her maybe not focusing on her children as much as she she could have been doing. Um, so, anyways, we cut to the past. Oh, sorry. We were gonna say well, I was going to say something, but I'm kind of questioning now if I should bring it up later um I guess maybe I can just like introduce the point and bring it back later when it's more okay. relevant but um I do think that this uh show shows different sides of motherhood especially mm -hmm. you know I mean I will say Bridgerton does do that um because there's a bunch of very strong uh mothers in Bridgerton that you know all all have very different relationships with their family and their kids um but I I thought it was interesting how yet again this show shows another set of different kinds of mothers that aren't the kinds of mothers that we see in Bridgerton either so I I just love yeah. the variety and the attention to wanting to show different sides of motherhood and different kinds of women and mm -hmm. um the relationships that these different kinds of women have with their kids very much mm -hmm. depending on did they want those kids did they not did they want the life that they have did they not did um, they have other priorities stopping them did they from have supportive them their all? yeah good partners to have those kids with or not mm. um how were they shaped like how how did their life shape the way that they are as mothers type thing like i i appreciate yeah. that we continue this thread of like showing different kinds of mothers mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i'll just say this for now because i will bring it back when it's more yeah relevant. Yeah, yeah um anyway so we go back into the past and we see young queen charlotte having issues and just like really struggling with staying on her own because at this point she hasn't seen the king in yeah. god knows how long yeah um she's really bored <laughs> Um, and she decides to take it upon herself to go and see her husband, um, and just to see what's going on there. Um, so she takes the carriage and goes to the Q Palace or Q House or whatever. Um, and what happens there? Because it is literally a prison. Like, because for for the yeah. time for the honeymoon period, she's not allowed to see anyone, go anywhere, exactly, and so yeah. she's literally dropped off at this house that is not her own house. You know, technically speaking, like she doesn't 
think of this place as their home yet. Um, yeah. Alone. She's not allowed to with call with nobody. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. With a whole bunch of people that mean nothing to her that she doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. In a whole different country, speaking a different language. Like, I was just like, my goodness. I would have jumped out of a window, I think. Like, it just, it sounded really fucking lonely and boring. And it's, it's so boring. And, like, the fact that they still, like, she had to maintain this, like, propriety. She had to change her, her dresses. She had her, her morning dress, her day dress, yeah. her evening dress. And it's like, she had to do the whole hair again, the makeup, the, the jewelry, the shoes needed to change. Like, she had to go through all of this again and again and again and again and again and it was just like seeing the repetition and like her sitting at the table alone eating this all this food and like the table's all spread out for one person and she has all these like um I guess they were butlers or servants or whatever they were there like she was just so alone despite being in a room filled with people and filled with food she was alone even Brimsley like wasn't really a confidant or a friend at that point like, she was just very much alone. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Anyways, yeah. so she goes so she to goes the to king, yeah. and what happens? You're like, I don't remember. All right. Well, no, I, I do remember. Uh, he's in his, um, in his observatory, observatory, and looking at the stars, and he mm-hmm. basically explains to her, which is like it's it's difficult to talk about these things because obviously later on we get like a we whole know. different perspective, so it's difficult yeah. to talk about them. At this point, in Charlotte's perspective, she yeah. very much sees a, a man very disinterested in her, who very much prefers stars and constellations to her, um, and she asks him to fight with her or to fight for her. And he very much, he's like, no, just go home. Like, this is not what I want. You're not what I want. Go home. Yes. Which, see, like, it's difficult. It's a difficult matter because I understand this man is going through things. But instances like her literally asking him, fight for me, fight with me, and him not doing that and not but not not just not doing it but also not understanding the importance of him making the effort considering who she is and what she represents Mm -hmm. in this new life um those instances are the ones that make me go where is his part in it you know where is the effort that he makes because he needs to be walking down that path with her not just following her behind her you know what i mean like he should be neck to neck with her on that front like but he's not and this is where like obviously we know the power perspective comes into play and i like that they they did it and i love that like we're with charlotte totally we're like what's like such an asshole like you're like what are you like you're nothing like come on like this is like shitty poor charlotte is struggling here and um she does, like, he does not deserve her. Like, we're fully on board with, like, Charlotte. We're Team Charlotte at this point. But, like, the jarring impact we get when we see a difference in perspective, which I won't get into yet. But anyways, um, I was very much, like, on her Team Charlotte <laughs> at this point. Yes, but I guess the question for me that remains is, like, does the difference in perspective change completely how I feel about his lack of interest and and effort it wasn't a lack of interest i think it was a it was like 
at least I don't want to get into it, but it was like for him, that was his way of protecting her from like what he's perceived as his life. Like, I don't like the, it's very much not like it's not very like they're, he's not trying to change lives here. Like as a king, he should have been, you know, putting all these things into place, showing like this interracial relationship, like like how it has an impact on society and like encouraging like people of color in society and like being that person and that couple that you know like you said that you know create change but at this point and I feel like the whole show was basically just them coming together and fighting to be together every day yeah but like you said he's not changing lives and I guess like maybe what the show is trying to tell us is that he was never the man for that like yeah he was never gonna be the man to change things which, again, so then everything is on her because she has to change lives, whether she wants to or not, just because of who she is. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't like. That's the thing, though. I think that was a takeaway of the show is that she was the one pulling the weight. She was the one hiding how bad it was for George. She was the one that had to, like, you know, do everything herself. She had no support, basically, from her husband because of, you know, situations that were out of both of their control. Um, so I think it just highlighted the weight that she was under as a, like, as a queen, as a person, as a woman. Mm. So I guess maybe, like, in a way, what we usually do in romance is, is create that, like, fantasy, right? Where um, things like that are remedied and, like, you know, you you would see the king actually step up as a rich white man and do the right thing and, like... You know, but maybe what the show is saying is the the show is doing is like not doing that, you know, like kind of just like showing how it too often is truly, you know, that this falls back onto the shoulders of those that are um, experiencing that very reality that it's it's quote unquote their job to undo the things that we have done to them type thing. Yeah. And we kind of see that with Charlotte, too. Like, again, I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but we see, like, that shift in her, too, to actually fight for her, like, people, like, people of color and, like, you know, encourage their position in society. And obviously, at this point, she's very much about herself. She's very much about, like, you know, like, not having to pick her own oranges and hating that idea of it. And then, like... We see like different aspects of her like kind of not selfish but very like self-focused and then as the show progresses in her friendship with lady danbury progresses we see it shift um so we kiss and make up not yet we get we get brimsley and reynolds fuck it oh that's right love them um anyways great great they're cute and they're still like at a standstill in the sense where um they're not they haven't consummated their marriage and um we get brimsley telling reynolds um to get the king to make a gesture um, right so the king sends her a, the little doggy right um and um, <laughs> she does not want that dog she's like what is it i mean and even when he explains wh- the meaning of the gift i'm st- i was still like um that's a bad gift like just straight up I don't like the idea or the meaning behind it, even after you've explained it. Yeah, she's like, uh, this is not a dog. This is, what does she call it? A disfigured bunny or something. 
anyways, I feel like this episode really um, started the friendship of Lady Danbury and her. Very fierce woman in this episode. Lady, I mean, she always is, but, you know. And what does Lady Danbury help her understand a bit more? <laughs> with, with drawings. Uh, sex positions. Because <laughs> our queen does not know anything as usual. Though, I mean, I would have expected queens, to be honest, to know at least a little bit more than the regular folks. I don't know why I expected that, but, like... I think queens are, like, people of royalty, I guess. Or even, like, maybe in the time period. I guess they had to maintain true virgin. Yeah, but I wouldn't expect them to be kept as sheltered as other women. Just because their duty... They have, like, a much more important duty than, like, your regular woman that just becomes a wife and a mother type thing. Like, she is a queen. You know what I mean? Like, But, again, it was very much the same thing. Queens were more so... Yeah, she's just there to be bred. She, and, yeah. Exactly. Just to produce the next heir. That was always her job. But in this show, we see that shift and we see her become, like, this person that makes the decisions. Fair so, uh, we got some intense drawings. Some and intense now she's drawings, very much yeah. aware of what goes on. Um, yeah. When you be fucking... Anyways, um, so it just highlights how sheltered she is, like you said. Um, and now the kiss and makeup. So what happens? Well, um, he's very good with buttons. <laughs> okay, whoa, hold on. He literally shows up out of the blue for dinner, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you here? Like, yeah. What is She's this? like, for dinner? <laughs> she's all, like, offended. He literally just walked in yeah. expecting expecting to be able to have a dinner with her as if exactly everything he just put her through didn't happen because didn't mean anything and then yeah. he's like do you want to see why i've been so distant so he literally takes her to his conservatory and shows her the stars and like venus and how like it, he'll be able to map the distance or whatever like it was just something like like she was like really that like this okay um the king is a nerd <laughs> he's so cute i love it um anyway so they consummate finally yeah he's very good with buttons there you go and we get the schmicks um how do we feel about the schmicks in this show schmicks was very very good i i really enjoyed it <laughs> you did nice i meant that it good was done you. really well <laughs> and like we've said in our bridgerton i think it was a season one or even season no i think it was season one like they really highlight the feminine pleasure and like how she like it wasn't like over sexualized it was very much like right they it was just done really well they've been taming it or toning it down a lot um we we remarked upon that in season two um compared to season one where season one was very you know, just, like, showing everything, bearing it all type thing. You know, like, the, the female anatomy, the male anatomy. Well, man, we've never seen a I don't think so. But, well, season, season one, one. Yeah. There were, I don't think we saw a lot. We saw butts. There were boobs and asses everywhere. We saw boobs. Oh. I don't know. I don't remember. I only watched it once. Um, So you're probably right. <laughs> but I, I still feel like this was very much, like, 
how I remember season one, like Mm-mm. Queen Charlotte. No? no. Season two, compared to season one, was way toned down on that front. And the, the, the nudity okay, was Season way... two did not even have a sex scene. And don't even get me started on that. Huh? I said season two did not even have a sex scene. So. Well, you're right. And, and yeah, that will forever be a gripe uh, with that season. But what I mean is just um, there, there was a lot of backlash on that front after season one. People were very uncomfortable with that, which, like... Like, as a romance reader, I don't like it when people listen to the masses and tone things down just for the sake of, I don't know, Karen in her house somewhere seeing things on TV and being shocked. I'm sorry. If Game of Thrones can show all the rape scenes, but romance shows, we don't really get the consensual sex scenes. Thanks. Um, but anyway, all I wanted to say was this seems to be a trend that continues in this uh, spinoff anyway, where it's quite toned down. It, and and I will say that it's the, the scenes between Lady Denbury and Lord Denbury are almost more explicit than the ones between our leads. I don't know if it was because they wanted it to be more jarring, you know? But they, they don't even spend a whole lot of time on that. Like, these, the, the sex scenes in this one felt more like the sex scenes you, you tend to get in, like, regular movies. You know what I mean? Which, I am mourning the loss as, like, flashy and extra as, like, season one was on that front. Um... I am kind of mourning the loss of that just because it feels like we're kind of moving towards like slowly towards a more like proper more like you know you can watch this with your parents type show. Dude I still could not watch this with my parents. (laughs) I was still like oh my gosh scene finished please please please. I mean obviously Um, but you know what I mean like I just (sighs) romance is not about that. Romance is about bearing it all having those sex scenes on page and having them be explicit and i feel like we're they're kind of like moving away from the explicit and i don't know how i feel about that i don't know if i felt that i well i do like i mean in the sense yeah sure we didn't like explicitly see like actions alluded to sure um but i still found them very steamy like i didn't feel and i still felt connected to the characters to a point where i it was still, like, it felt like a romantic sex scene. I didn't. You didn't. They weren't memorable to okay. me. No. And I'm sad about that. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, obviously romance is more than sex, but sex is a no, part yeah, of it. Yeah. And usually we, you want the sex scenes between the characters to be memorable. And even though, even though there wasn't, like, an actual proper all-out sex scene in season two... That one scene on the patio thingy, on the, the gazebo thingy, is memorable. Like, I remember it. I can picture moments of it. Right now, I just finished this show, and I cannot picture a single one of their sex scenes. I can picture a couple of Lady Danbury and Lord Danbury's scenes. The one where he's fucking her from behind. Lord Jesus. But... You have to remind me. But between our leads, I can't. And, and that, to me, is means it's it was a bit tame it was a bit this is where we differ because i feel like i felt the romance like obviously not in this first sex scene because i mean like it wasn't really like it wasn't all bared at that point like their emotions weren't bared but i still felt like the connection between the characters i felt like the music i felt like everything leading up to it and also like during it i felt like for me at least that it was done well like i remember their sex scenes i remember the one in the in the bath i thought that was hot like i remember certain scenes 
of their sex scenes that I found like that like were memorable. So yeah, I I like I remember her getting into the bath, but like beyond that, it was cut so short. Like that's also what I mean. It's like yeah. they were all very very short. Like like he, like know. he I don't know. Like it just to me to me it just feels like as a whole they're kind of moving away from where they started out and that makes me sad because they sold us this show with a specific thing in mind you know what i mean like they they sold us a specific specific feel and a set of expectations and they're kind of moving away from that and i don't know if it's because of the backlash i think it probably is and i don't like that i don't like that they probably listened to the karens of this world and are moving away from what romance is which of course romance is not only sex as i said there is romance without sex but these books have sex therefore Mm -hmm. romance and sex are a part of this world yeah so like i i see um your point but i think like i said this is where we differ like i didn't feel that in this i felt it more so in season two of bridgerton because like they actually removed all sex scenes whereas in this one i felt like the sex scenes were impactful look at us being so scientific about sex scenes and like you know how impactful they are i mean i'm an i'm an eager bitch okay yeah i want um i i found them great and i love the whole like even days yeah i think what we're looking for different things with these sex scenes i think well we i think you and i especially have always connected to romance in very different ways Mm -hmm. i think yeah so and neither way is wrong i think it's just no it's just how we perceive to it yeah how yeah. we enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. it it's just very different ways of enjoying it so i like i'm not surprised that you like this show more than i do you know <laughs> yeah so the end of this episode my note literally whoa, whoa, whoa. Just... we're not done yet oh, oh yeah, no it is the end of this episode yeah, yeah my yeah, note right. literally just say uh-oh so it begins because like you I didn't think they were going to actually have this be a plot point so early on in his life. So, um, so the sex, I guess, montage, um, it basically, um, ends abruptly because, um, we, Queen Charlotte overhears George and his mother, Augusta, talking about what was going on. And he's like, the marriage is consummated. Like, I did everything. I did my duty to this Mm -hmm. country, to you, to the crown. I've done it. Um, she believes that I, I, you know, I'm I'm smitten with her or whatever he says. And Charlotte overhears this and then distance ensues basically because she's like, I I thought we were stepping forward as a couple, as a, as man and wife. Like I thought we were, we were it, we're moving forward. Um, they had a lot of moments like that where it's not even like miscommunication, it's lack of communication period between them that, that, that brought on a lot of the drama between them and I, I maybe that's also part of why I didn't fully connect with this story because I'm not a fan of that I, I am the rare person here who actually likes miscommunication I will take that drama all day any day but lack of communication I struggle with a lot mm-hmm. just like people not even talking to each other not like misunderstanding because like I personally think people misunderstand each other all the fucking time because we are terrible at listening to one another. Yeah. But not even talking about it, not even like like that infuriates me. It's fine once, but it actually happens a lot in this show and 
I struggled with that, I think. I think a lot of it, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of it comes to Charlotte not, not really knowing her place in this new country, not really knowing her place in her husband's life. Like, I don't feel like it's more, like... But also him isolating himself constantly. Yeah, well, because, like, obviously when we get his perspective, we see why he does it and why he is the way he is and, like, the immense pressure he feels um, because he's the king of um, England and because of, like, the way he was raised and all these treatments that he had to undergo to, I guess, be quote-unquote normal or try to be normal um, in this society that's very much, you know, against any type of sickness as well as, like, sickness of the mind, I guess they would see it. And I don't know. That's how I see it. Like, they just don't know their place in society and in their world and, like, with each other. So lack of communication happens because she believes and he believes things at face value she hears him say things and she's like all right that's what he feels then that's it and vice versa yeah it's just (laughs) not a preferred thing for me i don't love that um Uh, but anywho we do get to episode three even days that's um what is the episode in season one that's like the sex episode is it episode six six? yeah yeah um here it's episode three (laughs) even days because they be fucking on even days even days because we are eager to produce a royal heir (laughs) and they be fucking everywhere everywhere on top of every surface yeah but before we get there actually this is the episode where we are introduced to young violet which yes i wasn't expecting to see young violet at all me too i was happy which this actually put into perspective i don't know about you because like i obviously read the whole book series and in the book series lady denbury is like way older she's like a 90 year old or something and so oh. the the age difference between her and violet in the book series is obvious you know they're like completely different um um what's the word i'm looking for generations Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, the series, the TV series, I kind of thought they were about the same age. Did you, were you? Um, not necessarily. Or like, she was slightly older, but not like that much older. I, well, I perceived Violet as like a woman in her 40s, like early 40s. Yeah, I forget how young they are when they start popping out babies. Um, and then I perceived Lady Danbury as like a woman in her 60s even. But I think she's younger than that. I I thought there was like ten years between them, max. Cause like she she looks like the 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 woman that portrays um is it Ajoa? She she's yeah. like she's an incredible woman. She looks great for her age. I don't know her age, but like I thought she was closer in age to to Violet than than like so seeing Violet this young, in a show where we get young Lady Denbury, I was like, wow, okay, the the age gap is quite different especially knowing what we know later on <laughs> i was like okay this is a shock yeah, violet was like 15 or 16 and in the show and yeah. then lady danbury agatha i think was in her late 20s she's so much like a she's so much like um hyacinth yeah in a way like she's just she like her younger self or just like being eager to learn everything and being super close to her parent well her dad here she was so cute with her dad yeah she's just like happy and bubbly like that just reminded me of hyacinth um a lot um yeah but anyways 
we're introduced to her and i was like oh my god are we gonna get introduced to edmund as well like young edmund because i don't remember when they meet i thought they were kids but well not kids but like you know around the the age that she's at we don't meet edmund we don't but i did not know for the longest while like i i think it takes me a while to learn people's names and shows i did not know who this family was so i literally have them oh family of the ton until i like it clicked oh my gosh that's violet <laughs> really i'm such a loser the way i watch shows um but yeah no i i really didn't like hit me until like obviously we hear them talking about like you know the the new introduction to the ton we have like people of color yeah. coming in and we hear difference of opinions like the mom is very much against it and like does not like to be part of like a ton that's very diverse whereas we have lord ledger who's very much like for it and like he's excited to see like you know what could happen and like violet is very much not echoing her father but more so just like being vocal about her own perspective and like all that but i didn't really know that it was violet wow (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) it only kicked in with the hats like the the paper hat for the birthday and i was like because the kid violet was wearing the hat i'm such a loser was she wearing a hat no like it was like a like so we got the flash forward with like violet telling lady danbury about what her father and her used to do and then we got oh and then later on she's wearing a hat because it's her birthday yeah okay yeah okay wow that took you a while then (laughs) um we didn't talk about lady danbury so basically her and her old grandpa um get a title in the ton and now they're lord and lady danbury but they only (laughs) i was like her old grandpa (laughs) you mean her husband I was like, have I missed a whole thing about her having a grandpa somewhere? She was promised to that man when she was three years old. Which we'll three. I know. I was like, what the hell is going on there? Um. Anyway, so they get status in the ton. They get a nice house and all of that. But in exchange, um, she must provide Princess Augusta with information about Char- um, Charlotte and George and her friendship with Charlotte. Right. Which is a thing that is never revisited. I mean... It is, but Charlotte never hears about it. Yeah, in that one scene towards the end where Charlotte says, you're my friend, and then Lady Denbury says, we're not friends in this moment, I'm only uh, your subject, and blah, 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 and she was like, like, that to me, I kind of of interpreted that scene as her, without saying what she's been doing, kind of saying that she hasn't been a friend. Yeah. Yeah in all ways that matter and so she's she wants to start a new type thing that's kind of how i saw it but i thought it was interesting that it didn't come up again because i was kind of expecting it to come up again between them yeah it never got revisited like does present day charlotte know that that was happening right anyways so back to the hate fucking he doesn't know why she's so angry um and we're talking about george and charlotte he doesn't know why do you want to know my note in front of everyone's salad? Yeah. <laughs> Legit, though. They, he's like... Legitimately in front of everyone's salad on the table. While everyone is looking at... I was like, is this like... Are we going to get some like voyeurism in this show? Because they weren't bothered if Brinsley hadn't said like everybody out. They were trying so hard not to look. And then Brinsley's like, okay, okay. And then we like clean, they like cleared the room and it was just. But for real though, imagine, imagine being a servant in that time period to like a king and a queen and like they'd just be fucking and you're just, you have to spend like your job. 
is to stand there and act as if it's not happening. <laughs> you know they went and talked about that downstairs. Right. They're like, did you know? Did you? I, oh, it was scandalous. You, you knew they talked about it. Or even there. just like the jobs where it's like, it was somebody's job to check the king's poop after he's pooed. You know what I mean? Just to make sure that it's like healthy and the king is not sick. Like to smell it and shit. I'm like, these people were not paid enough. <laughs> I mean. Not at all. Obviously. But like, obviously. Like. <laughs> Only you would take it to actual shit. But um, I mean, but for real. I mean, remember mm-hmm. in Outlander? This is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It I is. just, I can't believe that, that people had to go through that and they literally weren't paid shit for it. <laughs> Pun intended. Like, anyways. So they, they'd be fucking in front of everyone's salad on the dinner table. Yeah, they, they'd be fucking everywhere. But um, anyways, um, Brimsley brings up that the king does not go to social events and um, that he also um, spills the beans that he's seen a doctor. And Brimsley right. ha- saw... Um, a doctor attend the king um, in like a cellar or something like it was obviously something which we knew from the end of episode two that it was something that needed to be hush hush um, and the king basically George basically told Reynolds like do not tell Charlotte like this cannot happen and Brimsley spilled the beans and um, after sex um, she kind of like slyly brings up like why he was seeing a doctor in the cellar and he doesn't really answer and he gets really defensive but so now we kind of know there are obviously are deeper things going on um which we already know like if you watch British season one and two you know that there's more going on but like we said earlier I didn't really know that it was happening already my next note is again about um well, it's it's actually about the bath scene. <laughs> mm. Because I just wanted to say, my note says, excuse me, he grabbed her throat a little in the bath. I saw what I saw. Dude. He, he, he did. He did. He did. And literally, she's trying to, like, frantically, like, undo her, like, her nightdress. And he's yeah. like, just get in. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. uh-huh. I loved it. He, he. So I did appreciate that one moment. Um, I, d- I did see some things. Um, anyways, so now we're at the scene, like present day. Um, it was Edmund's birthday, and wait, Violet actually, is- before you bring that, up, I have a point. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, which is actually up uh, the follow up to the point that I brought up at the beginning about uh, motherhood and women and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Lady Danbury, we're actually told for the very first time, unless I have forgotten a very important moment at some point in the past two seasons of Bridgerton, but we are introduced for the first time to the fact that Lady Bridgerton, uh, Danbury has four kids. Four kids! I know, I did not know that. I really thought she was childless. Cause, yes, because in the book series, she has kids. In fact, one of her kids marries... Uh, it's not Hyacinth. Is it Hyacinth? But in this, in Bridgerton, the, the, the series, the TV series. Wait. Yes. Pause. Her child marries Hyacinth? Yeah. Isn't he, like, a grown, like, older? Like, how old is he? Um, 
I mean, there's probably an age gap, but, like, not more than 10 years. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Like, I'm a little confused. But whatever. Anyways. No, because then, but you were saying, like, Lady Danbury in the books are, like, she's, like, 90. Well, I mean, I say she's, like, 90. I mean, she's pr- probably not actually 90, but she acts like a fucking 90-year-old with, like, her okay. cane hitting everyone and being a grumpy old lady, you know? Um... I'm guessing it's, like, her youngest son, probably. Like, her youngest child and whatever. Anyways, all this to say, in the book series, she has kids. In the two seasons of Bridgerton thus far, I was under the impression that she was childless. Because she's never mentioned them at any point. And yet, here, for the first time, we are told that not only is she not childless, she has four kids. Um, And so... My note was just about the fact that um, it, it kind of struck me struck me here how not close to her kids she is. And, and there was something about, like, I can't remember quite what she says, but something about, like, oh, they're all overseas. And she was kind of, like, relieved about the fact that they're all, like, gone. Not there. Yeah. So. And yeah. we know that she, like, is, like, the kids are being raised by a nanny so they're very much not in her life i was just thinking like that's interesting and and i think kind of important to show that uh this is the kind of of mother who um pregnancy was forced on her in the sense of like society forced her into motherhood i don't know that she would have chosen motherhood for herself she doesn't really strike me as the kind of woman that really wanted kids but it's expected of her it's her duty and so she did it Mm -hmm. um but but as a result of that she's not close to her kids and she doesn't also she she's also not very motherly even in the scenes later later on with her kids her son you don't feel the like quote-unquote motherly love from her and I just think that that's important because you know so often people are like oh it just comes naturally to women and it's like you'll have kids even though you don't want them you'll have kids and then you'll fall in love with them and they'll be like the greatest thing you ever did and blah 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 but that is not true you know some women genuinely do not or struggle a lot to form that bond with their kids and for some of them it takes a while and for some of them, you know, there's... And some of them never get it. Some of them have postpartum depression. And that really adds, like, a huge struggle and a huge strain on that bond, on creating that bond with their kid. And it, they, they find it hard. Um, and so I just thought, like, oh, that's really interesting that, like, we literally have never heard about her kids because she's really not that close to them. And, and most likely she didn't want them ever she's you know she she obviously tolerates them and supports them you know she has that like little speech with her son she 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 sees the value in them but but it's not in a motherly way or at least not in the way that we're used to or or you know not in the violet bridgerton kind of way you know what i mean yeah like you said it's like a different in mothering like we see different types of mothers all over in this show. Um, yeah, especially the queen, too. And I think that just highlights just another way. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the scene where it's Edmund's right. birthday. Go ahead. Yeah, so present-day Bridgerton, Edmund's birthday, and Violet is sad. Um, so, she's at, um, I believe it's a church, and she's lighting a candle, right? Mm-hmm. 
for Edmund, and she shares a story of creating, like, wonderful birthday memories, and one of them was basically, um, she used to create birthday hats for him, um, because he didn't, like, the way she talked about it, it didn't seem like he had a very good childhood, so he would always wear this hat, like, his whole birthday, and he would wear it, like, all day, and she revealed that her dad used to do that, and then Lady Danbury, um, she says something to Violet that really upsets her, that she was most fortunate, and that really insulted Violet in a way that, like, you know, kind of made her distance herself from Lady Danbury, obviously, I think it was implied that she's most fortunate that she was loved and had been loved, and... I still say they should be doing a prequel, again. I the, agree, the, Violet... The stories are there. Oh, oh, you mean, like... Like the the Rokesby or whatever the fuck their name is. I just think Violet should get one, and I feel like, you know, it'll obviously show like her story with Edmund, but then also maybe her finding her way in present day as well. I think. That... Do you think this was a setup? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. It was so a setup for Violet. Yeah, I totally felt that way. Oh okay, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Interesting. I totally felt like it was a setup. Do you think she'll she'll be finding love? Like, in the present timeline, like, do you think she'll be finding love in the main series, in, like, in Bridgerton? Or do you think if they were to do a spinoff about young Violet and Edmund, they would intermingle that with, like, present Violet finding love or something? Or do you think that that's never going to really be explored in the present day? I think, okay, so this is what my thought is. Yeah. I think season three, four, maybe, I don't know. It might be her exploring her sexuality outside uh-huh. of, like, her marriage, basically. Like, you know, she's never she's never been with Edmund. So maybe, like, she, like, has sex with whoever. Like, we're going to see that as a plot. Um, and then if Shonda Rhimes and Julia Quinn decides to give Violet a, a spinoff story, that would be about her finding love and seeing the different type of love that she can find after Edmund because we'll see Edmund in flashbacks. That's what I'm seeing happen. We'll see. Okay. How do you feel about that, though? Uh, until five seconds ago, I didn't even think that this must like must be a setup or of any kind. Like I just thought like they were giving us some Violet just for the sake of it, because like she'd be there, like she obviously exists in this world. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I would I would yeah. like it. I would enjoy it because obviously it's it's a story that we've always wanted because they have like this great romance that literally is the heart of our main series. Like. It, n- yeah. None of that would have happened if it wasn't for this love story. For them. So, and we never got to see it because Julia Quinn refuses to write that story. So, like, right, I remember you saying that that Julia Quinn refuses to write it. But I think with getting the story that's so bittersweet, like maybe she's like more, like leaning towards writing maybe Violet and Edmund's story now that she's written something that wasn't happy. Well, they could, they could, because. Now I know that they could be doing the same thing where, you know, they could end it in a happy ending type way where, you know, that's not going to last. But we yeah, we've already seen the death. So I don't even think that'll be touched upon again if they do do a spinoff. Exactly. <laughs> so so they could just be sailing off into the sunset and like, you know. Exactly. Um, And then I guess it'll be like, you know, we'll see the two different romances with whoever Violet decides to. If, or if she doesn't, maybe she decides to just, like, continue having, like, fun and, like, enjoying life as a single woman. Like, But it'd be fun also to see, like, a, like a, an older woman getting a romance, for once. No, and I think the show really highlighted for me as a viewer that Violet wasn't two-dimensional. I think this really showed me that she is, like, a woman first. Like, yeah, she's a mother, but I think 
watching Bridgerton season one and two, she's, like, been relegated as, like, this big mother figure. But, like, now I think the show really highlighted that she is a woman and she has her own story and she has her own struggles. Like, I think it would be worthwhile to see more of her and as a woman first. But also, I think, how long has it been? Like, ten years or so since the death of of Edmund? Anthony was eight. right he was 19 or 18 and now he's like 28 or 29 right um okay i think anyway um so i also think it was an it 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 is the time for her to have that story because i think for a long time she was holding on to that grief but also um sort of fully investing herself in the lives of her kids and now mm-hmm. that we've had two seasons and two of her kids are off and married and happy i think she's now is the time where like a she's seeing her kids married off and happy and like realizing that maybe something is missing in her own life and i yeah. like that thought but i also think like she's kind of realizing that like slowly but surely all her kids will be married and she'll be left and so i like that she's sort of now starting to think like well i am a woman you know i'm not just the mother i am a woman who has desires and i love that they like i know like the whole garden and bloom thing was really funny but like (laughs) so i think like the whole like what it emphasized that she like is a woman like she's been like without sex for how many years and like it like she but she didn't want it right like she didn't she didn't want it i think seeing her kids being happy is what made her realize that maybe she's yeah. missing something. But then she also talked about um, her her garden with Edmund and how um, <laughs> it was very uh, different Blooming. blooms everywhere. Um, so I think it was just like she had a very good sex life. Um, Edmund, Edmund had the greenest of thumbs. <laughs> love the metaphors the creative metaphor that historical romance authors find but it's especially violet remember in season one when she had that whole thing about the dog when she was explaining to daphne like sex and that led to a lot of drama (laughs) anyway this woman cannot like if she was if she, if someone was to like holding a gun to her head and her life was on the line, I still think she wouldn't be able to say the words. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. Anyways, back to her. the church scene. Right. Anyways, so like we said, uh, Violet leaves very angrily because of the comment that she was most most fortunate from Lady Danbury. What, what, well, what did you think of that whole scene? Oh, no, I I thought it was really important. And I was like, I like that she was sharing like a little moment or a little snippet into her and Edmund's life with the the flower crowns or no, sorry, the paper crowns. And when she said that she was most fortunate or touched upon it um, earlier, um, obviously it implied that she was fortunate because she was loved and knew what love was. Well, and that she had it. We know that. Yeah, yeah. at At that point, violent, violent, violet doesn't know that so like it comes off very rude like this is literally her husband's like birthday who the husband who died who she loved and you're being like oh you're so fortunate to be missing him you know yeah (laughs) but yeah how did you feel about it like you 
well what i just said like uh, uh, like mm. i i kind of had an idea of what might have informed lady denbury's emotions in that scene and why she would have said what she said i mean i do think i don't know like i understand the whole comment of like you're fortunate I do think there's a time and a place, and I think per- perhaps it was not the right time on that specific day. I agreed, but I think we just came off of seeing her and her old grandpa. Um, <laughs> but also, stop calling him that because it just feels weird. <laughs> okay, fine. But like we, and then also we've seen her tell Kate in season two that she's loved and she's lost. So like you know. Right. That she's been through something. So you know that she does think Violet is most fortunate, you know, because she's had that love for longer than she has, you know? Oh, is that how you saw it? That's how I perceived it, yeah. Oh. I I was fully just thinking of of her own husband, of just being like, you're fortunate that on his birthday, what you're thinking about is love. And the the, the emotions that you have and are feeling are because you loved him. Whereas on his, on, on Lady Denbury's, or Lord Denbury's birthday, what Lady Denbury would be feeling is not love. Yeah, okay, no, 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 yeah, I see that actually, and I think that relates better to the situation. Because I, I think, because I think it cuts to later on that she tells her why she was actually at the church, um, Lady D- Danbury. Um, but anyways, it cuts to young Violet, which is when I realized that that was Violet, <laughs> when she has the paper crown on her head um anyways so then we see charlotte um she's very much confused as to what george does with his day she does not know what he does he does not want to go to balls parties nothing yeah and he tells her he farms so she this goes man. to check yeah his farming. Sorry. no i was just saying she goes to check his farming but well, yeah anyways. because first she sees him walking around the gardens chest butt naked with his sexy little tight pants and his leather boots. A little happy trail. Mm, yeah. And he's just walking out in the sunshine. And I was like, that is a sight. Um, <laughs> she's like, what is he doing? She's like, that's a sight too. But she's just so confused. She like does not buy that he's but farming. He's farming. But did- <laughs> I, loved, I loved how when she sees him walking around like that. Her face is literally squished in the like in the window, and I was like, "Sam." <laughs> Honestly, though, same. Sam. Like, girl, that's her husband. That is, even days. You I get was him. like, I I right then and there would have gone to fund my husband, and I would have even days or not. Same. Uh, you know where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, he does farm, and she won't believe that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she won't believe it. And, like, she's trying to figure out what he's doing because, obviously, she's like, he's not farming. A king is not farming. <laughs> um, but, anyways, we get to also see what's going on with Parliament. And they're in an uproar mm. because of, you know, all the, like, people of color in society and, like, what is their, re- like, what is their place in society. And then we have Lady Danbury that really wants to host the first ball because she thinks that'll cement their position in this very white society. And she's worried that the white people won't attend this ball because of she like just is a newly found lady and her her husband, not old grandfather, is a new lord. So she goes to the queen um, 
and tries to get her to not endorse her, but more so like support her and like show her support for Lady Danbury's ball. And what does she tell Charlotte at that point? Because Charlotte's like literally nose pressed to the glass trying to figure out what's going on with her husband. And Lady Danbury is like talking about her problem as if like, you know, she's talking to a friend. I don't remember what she said. (laughs) No, so basically she just tells Charlotte that she's focusing on like not the wrong things, but she's focusing on things that like, you know, seem small in the grand scheme of things. Like Mm. she has this position, this like position in a society that she can cause serious change. And um, she has the power to make that change. And her life, she also said her life would be a lot different if she wasn't the queen. So like that kind of puts Charlotte's situation in perspective to Lady Danbury's and she's finally not finally but she sees all the pieces in motion and she like uses her position finally to um do something worthwhile uh and then this uh this episode ends with um well Charlotte finally seeing well okay so so they have their even days sex and then she wakes up in the middle of the night and you just hear like scratching on the the walls which like that alone i was like that is a horror movie if i've ever nightmare seen nightmare fuel yes that yeah. is scary as shit but anyways she's a brave woman so she <laughs> she gets up and she checks out what the hell is the sound and she's calling his name and he's not responding and anyway she finds him like frantically scribbling on the walls um about like moons and planets and astrology things um and she's calling his name and he's like not really responsive and Mm -hmm. he kind of like just walks away as if like she's not even there and he's not really registering her presence or who she is and he walks out into the garden and he takes his shift off he's just like butt naked literally in the moonlight and he's calling on to venus and he's like venus say hi to venus blah blah he's obviously um in a world of his own um and that's the first time because she follows him and that's the first time that she kind of is confronted with what's been going on with him um yeah and she's shocked, to say the least, um, by seeing her husband like that. And this all happens after they decide um, no more even days, right? Like, they've decided right. that they yeah, will yeah, yeah. Um, be together even on odd days. And, like, she talks about to him um, the pressure he must feel and the pressure that he's under um, and how caged he must feel. So, like, she kept emphasizing certain words and then we finally see, like what's like not we don't even know what's going on at this point we just know that things weren't as it like it wasn't as it seemed Mm -hmm. um and she's also like hella confused um because of what she is presented with and like you said the episode ends there um which our episode will also end here (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, um i did like that she was like I'm Venus, like, I'm I'm right here, yeah. I'm Venus, and then, like, that calms him down, because he's, he's, like, frantically searching for Venus. Yeah. And so she kind of, like, distracts him, and kind of brings him back 
or his attention back onto her by saying like i i'm i'm venus i'm here i'm with you you have me yeah so i i liked that little detail oh no i liked it too and i i liked that the conversation prior to this i guess episode um of his it was more so like prefacing what was to come you know like mm. The feeling yeah. of being caged, the feeling of like this immense pressure on this one person. Um, we kind of see and hear, I guess, her not understanding of it because she d- it takes a while for her to actually empath- empathize and understand what's going on. But I think it's more so for us to like kind of put us into like his situation as we see. In- but also understand that like back then they had no understanding of like any mental sort of health. mental health or disease or yeah. disorders or whatever like they had no yeah. so like you understand why like she'd be like what the hell what the is fuck? going on <laughs> yeah yeah and i also um so we didn't really talk about reynolds but he's kind of been like the king's support system and throughout it all like he's the one that's protector at the, at the his protector because at this point we have brimsley constantly going to see him and he's like so what's going on you need to tell me what's going on because i don't know and um he's constantly like keeping things away from brimsley and despite you know them not in i don't even know if they're in a relationship but they have something going on between them a situationship (laughs) a situationship yeah (laughs) um but it's just like he has been that one person for George you know and I I liked at that point that he was there but he was not able to calm him down it was Charlotte that calmed him down um or Venus in the situation how did you feel about the way that it unfolded you know like not seeing any sort of cracks in his armor until I guess when he had that it was almost like a panic attack in episode two right the end of episode two was more like a panic attack where I thought it was a panic attack. And then this is like the first time that we've seen him completely unravel. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that there were no cracks because like I said, from episode one, you can tell that there's something going on. And that yeah, well, yeah. He, his grip on himself is shifty at best. So I think we, I think you see it coming. It's there. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I I, liked how they did it, I guess, would be... Like, I, I don't really have an opinion, so I guess that probably means I'm I'm okay with the way that they did it. Okay. No, no, I think they did a really good job. I was, I was really invested in the story, and, like, I felt... Not my heart drop, but I felt, like... I just felt so, like, sad, because, like, you kind of, like, you know what's coming, like we've watched Bridgerton, we've seen season one and two, like, you know what the outcome is, and, you know, the story gets, like, it gets serious. Yeah, also props to the actor, I don't know his name, but, um, props to him, because it must be Corey? Is it Corey? Corey Milkcrest? Milkcrest. Um, because it must be hard to, to portray this kind of character without, um, like in in a way that is respectful and also exactly um there are so many different ways to portray king george the third and i think we've seen many portrayals where it's more like comedic relief and in this instance it's very much like it's it's clearly more nuanced than you know what is perceived in the history books and um, I really liked the way that he acted it and the way that he portrayed and like you can tell like 
it was just handled with care mm. in this show. Um, because it'd be easy to infantilize him, too. True. But, especially in those moments, but... Um, and even for Charlotte to even treat him with, like, kid gloves, too. And the way that they went about it was... I, I really liked how they went about everything in this show. But anyways, we'll talk about that on part two. Yes. So this is the end of part one. Um, so uh, episodes one to three. And so next part will obviously be four to six. Somehow we've made it two hours. <sighs> I don't even know. But I had one more question for you. I have ceased to try and understand just how long we can talk about things because i think we can talk i can continue on i had one more question for you oh, but, okay go, um, on, go on go on no my question was um so where did you stop because i know you said you watched some of it and then you finished it today yeah so where did you stop uh i got to watch two episodes on okay thursday night and then i was away the whole weekend and so i watched the last four today oh okay okay i just wanted to know yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the show, obviously, if you're listening to this. Um, I'm hoping that means you watched watched it and at the very least, hopefully enjoyed it. So as always, if there is something you want to add to our conversation, something uh, we didn't tackle that you wanted to hear our opinions on or you want to add something to it, um, feel free to- Or if to you have any, like, do you feel a type of way of Violet maybe getting a show? right yeah um feel free to reach us online um our email is romancing the monsters podcast at gmail.com that's the best place if you have a little bit more to say but of course you'll you always what <laughs> you can always reach us on instagram as well um that's romancing the monsters podcast mm-hmm. our instagram yes no yes and uh our twitter is the rtm pod um, TikTok is Romance and Monsters Pod, I believe, and YouTube, best place to reach us with like a random comment. If you know, if it's like a short comment or whatnot, that's the best, easiest way for us to respond. And if you're looking for me, um, I am on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, I keep forgetting to mention, we have a coffee um, account. To be quite honest, I don't even remember what it is, but I believe it's Romancing the Monsters. Um, So yeah, if you uh, like us or support us to support in any way, please feel free. And also, if not... Uh, monetary money wise i literally my brain's fried um just leaving (laughs) us a review um, on our podcast um or even just apple podcast subscribing or is it apple apple podcast apple yeah you can leave reviews and like spotify like apparently but i've never seen them but like apparently you can leave reviews (laughs) on spotify so like feel free to do or maybe it's just a rating feel free to do that too it's actually really helpful okay yeah (laughs) Um, but anyways see you on the next episode see you soon we'll be recording part 2 tomorrow so hopefully um, part 2 should be released fairly close together with this part so you shouldn't have to wait too too long Right. hope to see you then in the meantime see ya 
Have a great week. And yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.